Welcome to Screen Cleaning. We are the show that is all about shining a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. My name is Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. And each and every week, we are going to bring you the very best in entertainment. We are going to bring you movie trailers. We're going to bring you entertainment news. We're going to bring you fun topics and contests and trivia all of which we're going to discuss on the program today. And I should also point out that our our very own Mickey Randall is here with us today as well. Hello, good to be here. She is just as excited as I am to be here, I can tell. And I'm 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 feeling happy today, Cole, because it's it's Friday first of all. Yes. I'm strongly considering getting some Panda Express on the way home. And the Dodgers won last night. Uh-huh. Cole is a little but bitter about that. The Pirates didn't lose last night. Uh-huh. Because they didn't play. Right. Well, yeah. You didn't have to bring that up. Well, no, I'm just giving you a taste of reality, Cole. Oh. The Dodgers are in the playoffs. The Pirates are not. It's nothing new. But all is right in the world, and we want to give you a little taste of what's coming up on the show today before we get into our entertainment news. We are going – today is really a show about anthologies or another way to look at it, a show about mixed tapes. Remember making mixed tapes back in high school, Cole? I do. Or you, I guess maybe back in elementary mixed, school. Mixed CD in my high school days. Right. Yeah. yeah. I used to put in a, a, an audio cassette tape and tape oldie songs off the radio. See, now I did that as well. You don't give me credit for how old I actually am, Jeffrey. <laughs> But, yeah, so I'm I'm not going to give any more information about that because I just want to tease you a little bit. Uh, We are also going to be hearing some movie reviews, not for any new movies that are coming out, but for some old but good ones, speaking of oldies. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, But first, let's get to some of the entertainment news. There's not a lot going on, but there's enough that you should be excited about. A couple superhero things, one coming, one going maybe. Which one do you want to do first, Jeff? Let's do the going, and then we'll do the coming. Okay. So yesterday, Chris Evans, our Captain America in the MCU, tweeted the following on his Twitter. Officially wrapped on Avengers 4, it was an emotional day to say the least. Playing this role for the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience. Thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. (gasps) What does this mean, Jeffrey? Well... I mean, is there really any speculation what this could mean? It sounds like he's done. It it does. And I think like the contractual obligations have told us that he was probably done for a while, but this kind of made it more real. Do you think people if they, shed tears over this tweet, Jeff? If they threw enough money at him, do you think he'd come back? Well, so in Chris Mickey's Evans' nodding, defense, yes, that he absolutely will. Absolutely, he would. <laughs> he's, he seems like a guy that loves the character. He dresses up as Captain America, goes to hospitals. He's he's embraced the being of Captain America. I don't think it's a money thing per se. But so, how many Marvel films has he played Captain America in? Almost every single one. So, so how many is that? That that's what. There's 14 of them total. I think he's been in Captain America in about 10 of them. And add on the two Marvel films that he did as the Human Torch. Do you think he's Which done? Which no one does. Maybe he's done being a superhero. Moving on to being a, a serious actor, as some would say. I think I kind of liked him in Cellular. Remember that movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, so that's the going. I liked him in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is just another uh, comic book movie. That's really. the going news. What about the the coming news, Cole? The coming news is coming at us in December for Aquaman, also a superhero, and we got another look at him. 
We got an extended look at him, yep. actually. And I will say More than that we've had before. Every look that I've had of him up to this point, I have not been all that excited. I don't think it's going to be a very good movie. But this last extended look that just hit today gives me a little bit of hope that maybe this could be an entertaining DC movie. I don't know. Well. Well what? Entertaining for a DC movie? Yeah, sure. It's a yeah. low bar. Wow. Wow, Cole. Sorry. Um, and speaking of trailers, there is another trailer that has just come out, and it's the movie that uh, – it's based on a true story. As apparently. some movies are. And I think, we, I think we actually have that trailer here now, Cole. In the small town of Hillcrest Heights, there is a hill, and just over the hill is a house. And when it's dark out, something strange happens. No, 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 it's happening again! Some say there's a madman slashing people's tires. Some believe there are supernatural forces at work. Others think it's just bad driving. But whatever the cause, one thing's for sure. Cars can't seem to stop crashing into this house. (laughs) Horror. Horror. The house that cars couldn't seem to stop crashing into. That looks scary. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the scary movie trailer voice. And the fact that you said the word horror during the trailer. But it's... What are you talking about, you? The movie announcer guy um, voice. So said. this is a true story. There's this house <laughs> that cars can't seem to stop crashing into for some reason. Uh, Cole, you're a, a big horror fan. Is this what do you... piqued my interest? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Are you going to see this film? No. Wow. <laughs> that kind of hurts my feelings. I'm I won't sorry. tell you why, but uh, yeah, I don't know. How... Mickey, would you see this movie, the the house that cars couldn't seem to stop crashing into? Absolutely. I think there's nothing scarier than a car crashing into your house. Oh, so I'm yeah. I'm ready to be scared by this movie. Uh, okay. We'll look for that. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but uh, Cole. We'll keep you apprised. I think you owe it to us as a horror aficionado to see every horror movie that, that comes out. And this is in the subset of, I mean, it's it's horror. Sort of. Okay. Speaking of horror movies, though, <gasps> and maybe some real this horror This is something movies. you're really excited about, and so am I, and so now is Mickey. Now I don't I have to fake is. it. All right, so it is October, as you might have noticed by the calendar flipping over. It's October 5th. Mm-hmm. I personally dedicate myself to watching a horror movie every day in the month of October, but here on Screen Cleaning, we're going to give you some horror movie information as well and talk about them a little bit. Yes, in a way that is going to be so much fun. Yes. And you're going to be so grateful that we did this because not only is it going to give you ideas for what you can watch with your families this Halloween, but you might have an opportunity to win a special prize. (gasps) Back in March, we did our sports movie bracket. And here in the month of October on Screen Cleaning, we are going to do our scary movie bracket – and – or our scary movie bracket. Or a Halloween-y movie bracket. Right. Or... <laughs> this is so exciting because, like I said, you could win a prize. But I think it will settle once and for all the argument which scary movie is the scariest or best of all time. Right. Now, 
there are there there's an asterisk to that. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the really bloody gore gory movies that you're not going to watch with your kids anyway. So these are generally family friendly movies that you could watch. Now, some are going to be for younger kids. Some are going some are going to be for older kids. And we won't tell you what they all are right now. But Cole, just give us two of the movies that are going to be seen on this bracket. So I am personally excited to talk about a newer movie called A Quiet Place that came out this year. Hmm. Um, It's going to be in our Monsters movie bracket portion of the bracket. And then I am also partial to Hocus Pocus. I watch it every year during my personal marathoning, and it will be in our kids' movie portion of the bracket. Right. Now, we promised you a couple of reviews throughout the show of older films. Now, these two films, unfortunately, will not be appearing on the bracket, but they were good enough that we wanted to mention them here on the program today in the form of a review. And I think you'll be able to guess pretty easily what this first movie is just by hearing this little clip. Imagine, if you will, hitching a ride with a stranger in complete darkness. Want to see something real scary? Sure. I love this. Okay? Yeah, what? We're driving along here, right? Yeah. What are those gravel beds up ahead? They're going to fly up and knock out our lights. Uh Uh-oh. Blackness. Oh, my goodness. Why, there could be nuns ahead. We wouldn't even see them. An amusing hypothetical. But, of course, most people wouldn't take that ride, especially if they knew it would drive them full speed into the Twilight Zone, the movie. The characters in our story or rather unwilling participants, struggle, some in vain, to escape a nightmare. And in the case of our first character, it's a nightmare of his own making. Meet Bill Connor, a most unhappy man who blames all his woes in life on people who in his eyes are inferior. But he quickly learns that justice is blind. Our next story proves that monsters come in all shapes and sizes. Case in point... Anthony Fremont, a six-year-old boy who always gets his way. He can read other people's minds, feel their emotions, and disappear anyone who contradicts him with the snap of his fingers. Our saga concludes with not-so-frequent flyer John Valentine, the man who cried wolf, or in this case, goblin. But Mr. Valentine isn't lying about what he sees, or at least what he thinks he sees tearing apart the wing of his airplane. This Halloween, be sure to witness for yourself these terrifying tales. But you may want to sleep with the lights on, because in the dark, you may find one of many passageways that lead to the Twilight Zone, the movie. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. I've got Cole Wissinger here with me, as always. Since it's Halloween, we wanted to do something a little different. Now, I remember when I was growing up, trying to watch my shows on TV when they aired, because that was kind of the option, unless you wanted to tape them. We only had two TVs, and I was the youngest in the family, so I was pretty low on the totem pole as far as, uh, you know, who gets to watch the, the TV when. I can't relate. Yeah, you're the only only child, child. right? (laughs) 
But one thing I would do from time to time is I would take a VHS tape, put it in the VCR. Some of you listening might not understand anything of what I'm saying right now. Um, they are listening to a radio right now. That is so true. bygone eras of media <laughs> transfer are not past. Them. Yeah. So you'd put the the video in the VCR, and you could program it to pre. You could uh, program it to record a program ahead of time. So you would pre-record a program, and if you really wanted that tape to have legs to go the distance, you wanted to get as much use of that tape as possible. You could change the settings on the tape. So there was standard play, which meant you had two hours on the tape. There was extended or uh, let's see, long play, which was LP. For four hours on the tape and then extended play, you could record up to six hours of content on that video. And that's what I was always used to. And so right. imagine my horror when I was trying to tape a Steelers game one <gasps> Sunday so that I could watch it the next day. Yeah. Because um, we were busy at church. Uh, and I realized that it was possible to change those settings for the first time. And I got the first two hours oh, no. of it uh, and was absolutely bewildered why I didn't get the rest. Yeah. I figured out those settings pretty fast. Now, what I will say is, though, the more time you add on to that tape, it decreases the quality of the picture right. just a little bit, okay? So uh, Cole and I are going to do something really interesting today. We realize that not a lot of people have time to sit down and watch hours and hours and hours of Halloween movies. And so, Halloween specials. Right. But maybe you have time to watch, like, little short films because there are so many out there to choose from. We wanted to make... A mixed tape. So you might have a Steelers game and an episode of Friends on your tape. I that might have an ep- like an old movie from Turner Classic Movies and an episode of The Simpsons on my tape. Okay? Right. So we're going to share with you our anthology horror film or TV show uh, mixed tapes. So here's what right. you would find on an anthology mixed videotape. Uh, from Cole and from me. And Cole, I'm going to let you start off with your first choice of what would be on your anthology horror film slash TV show mixtape. All right, Jeff. My first entry submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society is The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge from Are You Afraid of the Dark as my first entry. I don't think I've seen this one. So Are You Afraid of the Dark had its original run for about three seasons, and then it came back. In about 99, 2000-ish, and I was ready for this. Whenever it came (laughs) back, I watched every single episode as it happened. Yeah. Um, And this particular episode came out and starred an also Nickelodeon 90s alum, Brooke Nevin, from Animorphs. Another show I'm not familiar with. It also had Hayden Christensen, who would later be in the Star Wars movies, but this was before that. Uh, And this is the tale of them going to the backside of a snowboarding mountain. It tells the story of two kids without fear because they're extreme sports kids um, that find out that fear can be in the dark. Ooh. It's fun. You know, when I was saying that I would try to uh, go watch a show and I would be the lowest on the totem pole Saturday night, I remember going to trying to go to a friend's house anywhere where I could tune in at 9.30 or whenever it was to watch an episode of the original series of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was one of my favorite shows. It's Likewise. sadly not on my tape. 
Um, well, I do see, have some favorites, as, though. As the little bit younger of the two millennials of us, I yeah. figured that I wanted to get the, uh, okay. the well, kids' thank, entry I'm, in there. I'm so glad that you brought it up because it deserves to be on the tape I for sure. Uh, so my first pick, and I'm going from the shortest to the longest, my first pick is from The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror number four, which was season five, episode five. And this is going to make sense here in a minute why I chose this particular segment. It is called simply The School Bus. And it's basically a spoof of terror at 20,000 feet from the Twilight Zone. Right. Where Bart is on a school bus and he is convinced that he sees this little gremlin on the side of the bus tearing it apart piece by piece. Of course, nobody believes him. And uh, the, my favorite, this has one of the best Simpsons lines ever. So for some reason, the principal of the school is on the school bus, Principal Skinner, and he hears that some kid is talking about how there's a monster on the side of the bus. And he comes up and says, now, I've gotten word that a child is using his imagination and I've come to put a stop to it. That is hilarious. So check it out. It's only seven minutes long. So funny. Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 4. That's my first pick. All right. I'll get to my two short ones as well. There was okay. a television show, again, that I <laughs> that I watched quite a bit of. Uh, I watched it when it came to the sci-fi channel that was called Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. Interesting. Starring okay. Jonathan Frakes of Star Trek fame. <laughs> Aww. So Jonathan Frakes hosted this show and would kind of give you a preamble to the two to the uh, series of stories that they would tell during the course of the half hour episode. Um, and at the twist that this one brought to the table was that at the end of the episode, he would ask you, all right, which ones were fact and which Ooh. ones were fiction? And you got to guess after hearing the dramatized stories, which ones you thought were true. So I bring to the table one fact and one fiction story. Okay. Uh, the first was called... The Mirror of Truth, which tells the story of a very vain woman that goes in to get a makeup done. Uh, she thinks that she kind of botched the makeup. She gets up. She's very angry. She's just kind of a, a seedy lady in the in general, just not not very nice. And the the makeup person curses her. Um, Interesting. And the the stunning part of this episode was whenever she calls in a cosmetologist or a and a plastic surgeon, all kinds of people, um, and they look at her and they don't see anything wrong with her. But when she looks in the mirror of truth, okay, it's very picture of Dorian Grayish. Like she sees all the the evils that are inside of her heart yeah. manifest on her face, and the makeup is just it's. It's shocking when you okay. first see her in that mirror. All right. So that's the first one. Okay. And is I it get fact to guess, or is it right? fiction? Yeah. And then the other one was actually called The Caller, where you have a radio station. Uh, oh. The radio guy is kind of also not a savory individual. He's pretty mean to all of his callers. Uh, but one night, lightning strikes the radio tower, and then he gets a caller that he can't hang up on. Oh. And it's the voice of his, we soon find out, passed away young son that he never visited and that that he was neglectful towards and that young son haunts this radio dj to madness wow this sounds like a a fun show oh it was (laughs) um i'm gonna say that the first one was the true story and the second one was the fiction 
correct, Jeffrey? Yes! And that's the game we got to play with five stories per episode. That's cool. It's, just, it's a great show. And what where what channel did this air on, or what station was Originally, it? Originally, I think it was CBS or one of their kind of things. Okay. Uh, but it got around to sci-fi by the early 2000s, and that's where that I was out. watching it. Okay. So my number two uh, is... It's interesting because there are several versions of this segment. This one is from Twilight Zone, the movie. Okay. And it is the segment Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. (laughs) So again, and this is a remake of the one that aired on the Twilight Zone, the TV show, which was based on a short story by Richard Matheson, who is one of my favorite authors, my favorite horror author of all time. So this one, same premise, Except he's on a plane. He thinks he sees a monster. Nobody else can see it, so nobody believes him. Played geniusly by John Lithgow and directed by George Miller, who did all the Mad Max films. And he did Babe 2, I believe, is the one that he directed. That's the next one you go to from George Miller's filmography. So he's really good at like this really crazy, chaotic style. And, of course, John Lithgow is a terrific actor, really brings a lot of madness to the role. And uh, just such a scary film. Stylistically, it's wonderful. And uh, the film, the Twilight Zone movie itself, is bookended by this kind of a cold opening and then a, I guess you would call it a warm opening. I don't know what you'd call the end, or epilogue, um, with Dan Aykroyd, who all I'm going to say is he says the line, do you want to see something really scary? And that wraps up John Lithgow's story, and it's it's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. So Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, starring John Lithgow, 22 minutes long. There you go. And I'll let you go again because I went. I did two okay. in there. All right. This one is one that I had never heard of and a fact that I was unaware of. So when I say Black Sabbath, what do you think of? Music. Exactly, right? Or the <gasps> movie starring a couple Pittsburgh Steelers, I think. Were they the ones that were in? They were. Oh, no. They had a movie called Black Sunday. Okay. That had a couple athletes starring right. in the movie. So obviously when I say Black Sabbath, you're probably going to think of the, of the rock group Black Sabbath. Well, they actually got their name from this horror anthology movie called Black Sabbath. And there are three stories in this uh, bookended by – so it's got a, a prologue and an epilogue by the wonderful Boris Karloff. But the film is in Spanish – or Italian, I should say, and so you've got to you've got to be able you've got to be willing to read the subtitles. the The best of the three stories comes uh, again at the end, just like with the Twilight Zone movie, and it's called "The Drop of Water," and it involves this woman who uh, is called in. I believe she's some sort of a nurse. She's called in to uh, attend to this dead body to kind of dress it a little bit to prepare it get it ready for burial and the this this dead body is just really twisted and scary looking i could see this especially creeping out kids but to me i was i was kind of creeped out too so as she's preparing her body she notices this ring on her finger on the cadaver's finger and her temptation she gives way to her temptation and she steals the ring from this dead body. She does that. She goes home. And all of a sudden, she starts hearing 
this constant drop of water and, you know, she'll go and she'll dry up that faucet and then she'll hear it from somewhere else. And then also she starts hearing this really annoying fly. This movie is all about atmosphere, color. It looks beautiful. And the the the, uh, the cadaver that they have in this film is just so creepy. And the lesson you learn from this film is don't steal things from dead people. Don't do it. It has dire consequences. That's all I'm going to say. But it's called The Drop of Water from the film Black Sabbath, and it's 22 minutes long. All right. Um, so stealing things from dead people, that can work into my next thing. Okay. So I, I really, really wanted to mention the modern um, paragon of horror anthology, and that is American Horror Story. Okay. Now- on this two-hour VHS tape, I'm not going to be able to fit an entire season, but the way they do things is that each 13-episode or so season is a new story based somewhere in horror. Which right? is why it can be considered an anthology. Right. right. And the cool thing that they do with it is that they bring back the same cast members year yeah. in and year out, just playing different people in a different or maybe connected world. Okay. My favorite still is, though, the first season of American Horror Story, where we're introduced to a young family coming in, moving into a, a giant, scary-looking house that turns out to be haunted. Um, anyone in the house's history that is murdered on the grounds stays there to haunt the premise. And so they get to meet through the course of the season all these different folks that have lived in the house for years and years before um, that are coming back to either teach our heroes a lesson or try to enact revenge or try to help them, all sorts of people. Um, but the first episode is what I put on the tape to get you started and hooked. Oh, wow. Then you can go look up the rest. So the moral of that story is don't get murdered at this house. I guess. Correct. <laughs> Okay, I will admit I haven't seen any of these that you've suggested so far. I'm giving you something to look up. Uh, so my next pick kind of uh, follows a similar theme, as, not a similar theme, but similar format as yours. It was a TV movie made in the 70s, and it was an anthology movie. So there were three stories, three different stories, but the main character was played by the same actress, a Miss Karen Black. Clever. The name of this film is Trilogy of Terror, and again, all three of these were written by Richard Matheson, the ge- the the king of horror, in my opinion. I know a lot of people would say Stephen King or somebody else, but Richard Matheson is really the best. And again, it comes in the last story is the best one, and it's called Amelia, based on a short story uh, called Prey, P-R-E-Y. By Richard Matheson, and it involves this woman who uh, gets this doll that she's going to get give away as a gift. It's like this African doll that just looks kind of hideous. It has these sharp teeth, and he has this little spear. Just this little guy, a little and, tiki doll from the Brady Bunch movie. Right, right. <laughs> and somehow this little doll comes to life over the course of her evening. And terrorizes her. And so she's just trying to stay alive for the the 24 minutes that this thing lasts. And it has some things going against it. You know, you would think, oh, that I bet the graphics are really outdated and it's a TV movie, so maybe the quality is not that great. This is one that people frequently reference 
uh, Trilogy of Terror, Amelia, because it is still terrifying to this day, I think. It's just... it, ooh. And it has just such a terrifying image to end the episode. I would suggest Trilogy of Terror. It was a TV made-for-TV movie, so it's somewhat appropriate. I don't remember there being a lot of blood or gore or anything like that. But uh, check it out. 24 minutes long. There you go. And so American Horror Story, the first episode's about 45 minutes, so I took up a chunk of time. I'll yes. let you get one more in before I give okay. you my final one. Okay. So uh, this one, again, I'm kind of coming full circle with these because we've talked about the Twilight Zone. And uh, one thing I didn't mention about the Simpsons Treehouse Horror, uh, Treehouse of Horror, season four, the uh, the school bus is one of three paintings that is referenced in the episode. So it's Bart in a suit presenting each painting that then from the painting you get the episode. That concept is based on the night gallery, the series that Rod Serling did after the Twilight Zone. So you've got Rod Serling doing his normal uh, pre-episode presenting, you know, his prologue dressed up. He's in this gallery unveiling these paintings, and these paintings show some sort of an image that they use to introduce each segment. This segment is the very first episode of The Pilot, which was a TV movie, and the TV movie was so successful that they, they, they then went on to make a series. It's called The Cemetery, Ooh. and it stars Roddy McDowell, who you will know from the Planet, Planet of, the Apes of the Apes films. Yeah. In this film, he is a dead ringer for Jim Carrey. Just think of like Jim Carrey in a an Andy Kaufman, Tony Clifton wig, and you've got Roddy McDowell. His features look exactly – you could see Jim Carrey doing this role. And he really chews up the scenery in this. He's He's got this southern, southern accent, and it takes place in this, uh, this mansion of a home. He's this really rotten nephew that is trying to weasel his way into this home because his uncle – is going to pass away soon. He's terminally ill, and he can't be open. He can't be near an open window because then he'll get pneumonia, and his chances of dying will increase significantly. So I wonder what our hero is going to do. Yeah, he. Let's just say he parks him next to a scenic part of the house, <laughs> and his uncle dies. He inherits all this money in this house. Well, in his uncle's home, there are various paintings. Again, tying along with the theme of the night gallery. And in one of the paintings, there is a painting of the mansion house as well as the family cemetery plot. The uncle has painted this portrait. As he passes the painting one day after his uncle has passed away, he notices there's something a little different about the painting. There's a freshly dug grave presumably for where his uncle is going to be buried, right? Throughout the episode, he starts noticing little differences in the painting, and he starts to go mad. And I won't say what happens, but let's just say it's an episode that has a double twist. Double twists are always fun because you think, oh, they twisted it, and then you get another twist. So it's two twists for the price of one. Check it out. It's The reason I put this toward the end of my list is the length, 33 minutes. And also, 
it's it's difficult to find. You have to uh, you can stream the Night Gallery on Hulu, but they do not stream the pilot episode of the Night Gallery. Oh man! So you have to check it out from your library, or you have to buy the first full season on. Uh, uh, Amazon or eBay because it only comes in the first full season DVD set. Gotcha. And it's not available to stream anywhere else but Hulu, but the pilot episode is not available. So the I cemetery. can find it all those places or on your mixtape. <laughs> That's right. You can find it on my mixtape. All right. Okay. I've saved my best for last. And Ooh. when you first told me that we were going to be talking about horror anthologies and what my favorite favorites were, my real questions were that I heard coming out of your mouth were, what's your favorite Twilight Zone episode and why is it Taki Tina? Okay. Because Ooh, that is far and away just the seminal episode of the greatest series of horror anthologies. My name is Taki Tina and I'm going to kill you. It does not get creepier than that episode, but that was too easy. And I knew I could talk about it anyway, so I brought a different episode of The Twilight Zone. Maybe one that people that have seen less than two episodes might not have heard of. Okay. All right, because I think Takitina is the one that people are going to recognize. But go back and watch all of it, because in there, you're also going to find five characters in search of an exit. Oh, yes. I know this one. Which is my personal favorite, where you have these these five very, very unique characters, a major in the army, a dancer, a clown, a Scotsman with bagpipes, and a tramp that all wake up one day in this cylindrical cage, this metal, just eerily blank-looking prison for all intents and purposes without any memory of where they came from or or what they're going to do or why they're there. Um, And they start hypothesizing (laughs) um, why they're there and, and what this means and what their existence is and how to get out. And so eventually they figure out how to climb to the top and then we, the viewers, find out just what they were the whole time. That is a good one. It's it's different. Uh, and I, when I was going through this, I, I almost put an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents and The Twilight Zone on here, but there just wasn't enough time. Uh, do you have an honorable mention that you'd like to mention? Um, every single other episode of The Twilight Zone. There I, you go. I think that it doesn't. Yeah. Um, the very first episode where the guy finds out that he is all alone in the world, um, they play with that again in a, an episode that we've talked about where a guy finds out he's all alone and yes. he finally has time to read, but he breaks uh, his glasses and yes. he can't. Uh, there's The Twilight Zone is the place to go. If this is your kind of genre, as it was mine growing up, um, the New Year's Day marathon of The Twilight Zone is oh, yeah. where you can just set the VCR to record. And sit back and relax. Luckily, you don't have to choose because you can stream all of those on Netflix, Netflix. and Hulu as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mine is not my favorite by any means. I loved the premise, though. And if you're doing them, if you've done the math on my mixed tape, you'll know that I only have about 12 minutes left. And for that reason, I'm going to submit for your approval not an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but a segment from a show called Dimension 404 which is a new show on Hulu. I've only seen this one episode, and it's called Matchmaker. The reason I only put 12 minutes on here, uh, or I'm allowing my tape to run out on this episode, is because once you get to what's really going on, the magic of the episode kind of wears off, and it doesn't really stick the ending as much as I would hope. But it's Matchmaker, and the episode starts out 
with this guy that's in this coffee shop with this girl. You could tell they're on a first date. It's going. It's very awkward. He seems very nice. She seems not interested at all. In fact, she's just staring at her iPad. Seems like she's elsewhere. And they end the date, and he's like, uh, this isn't going well, is it? She's like, no, in fact, you can leave. Goodbye. So just Aww. really weird first date. And this guy's depressed. He goes to his roommate. He's like, I'm never going to find somebody. And his friend, his uh, roommate convinces him to go online to this site called Matchmaker, where they will match you. They'll You can plug in all your likes and dislikes, and they'll match you with somebody that's 100% your match. So he's matched with this woman that he goes on a date with. They, they really hit things off. And, uh, you know, two months later, he's thinking, I want to ask her to marry me. And his roommate's like, ah, you might want to take it slow. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Well, he uh, proposes to this girl, and she does not take it well. In fact, she gets increasingly more flustered and annoyed with this guy to the point where she picks up her phone, and she's like, oh, give me a break, and she puts a big X on her phone. And all of a sudden, these guys swoop into the room, and they take this guy. And so you're wondering, what's going on here? Well, it turns out that this guy is a clone that this female has ordered that is a part of this matchmaker program. If it doesn't work out, they have a returns program. And so he's being sent back as part of the returns program. And that's really the best part of the episode. So if you can only watch those first 12 minutes, that's good. My honorable mention, and I'll mention this because uh, they're reviving this show. It's a show called Amazing Stories produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, and my favorite episode of Amazing Stories was Go to the Head of the Class. It's 45 minutes long. You can't find it unless you buy the DVD on Amazon or eBay. So not as accessible. So that's my honorable mention. If I could fit in a couple more honorable mentions also that are too long, there's a new show called Lore on Amazon Prime that's based that. on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I watched a couple episodes. They're pretty long you could just go listen to the podcast sure and, and podcasts don't let them lend themselves to vhs tapes yeah um or also black mirror episodes are far too long to be able to fit on just mm, a two hour i haven't seen that one um but those are other entries mo- more modern entries into the horror anthology genre well cole thank you so much thanks for helping our listeners come up with ideas for what they can watch when they don't have a ton of time but maybe they could watch something that's 20 minutes long to get their spooks and chills in there you have it. Those are our anthology horror film slash TV show mixed tapes submitted for your approval. When we return, we're going to dig a little deeper to find that golden nugget of goodness and entertainment. You're listening to Screen Cleaning. Wow, thanks for bringing that in uh, to the show, Cole. You That's got exciting. It. So we're going to continue our anthology theme that we have going on the show today. We, you just heard our picks for our anthology mixed tapes. So if you only have a little bit of time to watch little snippets of shows, that's a great way to do it and follow some of those recommendations. Well, now, I mean, some of you might not even have time to sit down and watch a movie. So we're going to give you an option for something that you can do in your car, on your way to work, on your way home from work, 
just so that you or if you're cleaning in your house you can you can do this as well still mixing it up with the different mixtapes i'm going to give you my cassette tape my audio cassette mixed tape okay for short stories so basically audiobook short stories that could be on my audio cassette now i'm going to introduce these as if i'm using a 2 hour version okay so you can do the math at home and tell me if I'm over, under, or in between. And I have basically here six short stories that I think are worthy of a, a revisit. Or if you've never heard of them before, check them out. The first one you've definitely heard of. And uh, it's one that you'll actually hear a little bit more about on our other show that we do, Cole, Special Collections, which airs Thursdays at, at- at noon. 2 p.m. Eastern yeah. on BYU Radio. <laughs> uh, this one is The Telltale Heart by Ooh. Edgar Allan Poe. This is a great one about a man who commits a murder of somebody that he actually cares for, but he has this hideous eye that looks like this vulture's eye is how he describes it in the story. And so he's deciding he's got to get rid of this guy. And he does in a not very violent fashion. But, I mean, I guess murder is murder, right, Cole? Right. (laughs) And the police end up showing up at his house and he can't get this sound of a beating heart out of his head. And it kind of drives him nuts. Thank you. This is interactive, folks. The next one I want to share with you. So that one's about 14 minutes long. The next one I want to share with you is just a little bit longer. Cole, you're familiar with the works of Roald Dahl, right? Yes. You've got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda. James and the Giant Peach. The Witches, which we'll also be talking about Mm -hmm. later on in the month. Um, But this one is actually one of his adult stories. Did you know that Roald Dahl actually has – Adult fiction? I didn't. Yes, and he's got some creepier stories that are meant for adults and not for kids. Huh. Not that it's inappropriate, but this one's called The Landlady. Okay. And it's about this 17, 18-year-old guy who's in London. He's looking for a place to stay for the night, and he's given a suggestion. And on the way to that place that he's going to stay, he sees a sign for a bed and breakfast. And he goes in. It's very cozy. There's a parrot. There's a dog sleeping by the fire. And he meets this very – If the parrot had been taxidermied, I thought you were uh, describing Psycho instead. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but Uh I think you are – I think you're on to something there, Cole. Okay. And uh, things very, very slowly and creepily unfold throughout the story. I won't give away too much more than that. This next one, speaking of kids' stories, this one was written for kids, albeit maybe older kids, because it comes from the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark anthology book. Okay? This is a this is a if you're not familiar with these, these are three books that came out. They're actually Guillermo del Toro is gonna be making a movie out of these books. Ooh. And this one Oscar Award winner, Guillermo del Toro. Right. Is. This one creeped me out. It's called High Beams, okay? And it's actually – I don't know if Alvin Schwartz, who compiled all of these stories, I don't think he wrote it, um, but I, he, I think he retooled it for this version. 
And it's about this girl who gets in her car. She's on her way home from the movies. And in her rearview mirror, she sees somebody behind her flashing their high beams or their brights, if you will. And she doesn't know, do I need to like move over? Is this person following me? And then a minute or two later, sees the high beams again. Hmm. She's really starting to get creeped out. Just get uneasy feeling. And the high beams are not what you would think they would be. And I don't want to give away the spooky twist of this story. Go check it out. This one's only three minutes long. So just Google nice it. Little story. You can look it up on YouTube. The next one is from a favorite short story writer of mine by the name of Charles Beaumont. If you're not familiar with Charles Beaumont, you're certainly familiar with some of his works because he played a huge part in the show The Twilight Zone. A lot of his material ended up on The Twilight Zone. This one is called Free Dirt. It's 24 minutes long. It was also actually turned into an episode of The Twilight Zone. I've never seen it, but I have read this story and I have heard the audio version of it. It's about this penny pincher, really stingy guy, always looking for a free meal, anything free, he is all over. You know, he'll go to a restaurant and he'll clean his plate. There's not a morsel left on his plate. And then he'll make up some excuse as to why he doesn't have any money to pay for it. And he sees a sign on his way home one day that says free dirt. And he's intrigued. Well, I'll be. He goes to the place where this free dirt is being advertised, and it is a funeral home. Um, So all of this dirt that is being taken out of these freshly dug graves, they don't have anything to do with. So they're giving it away for free. And his first questions are, well, how much of it can I take? Is there an unlimited amount? And they said, yeah, take as much of it as you want. And uh, he goes home and he uses this soil to plant a garden so that he can get free food, right? And uh, again— to to spoil anything other than that would really be spoiling it. So look up free dirt. It's it's got a twist in it that you won't see and it's kind of disturbing, I think. Cool. Now, if you're doing the math, I'm I You're running low, Jeffrey. I've I've already got about an hour's worth of material on here. So okay. if I had to choose if I could only go 60 minutes, if I could only do a 60-minute tape, I would choose the Velt by Ray Bradbury, about 30 minutes long, and The Children of Noah by Richard Matheson, also about 30 minutes long. The Velt is a great reminder that you need to spend time with your kids and get them not so dependent on their electronics, on things of the future. This is From the grandfather of horror and sci-fi writing. If, right. if you're going Ray Bradbury, I thought you were going to maybe pull out the Halloween tree, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> You need to spend time with your kids. Listen okay. to this and you'll understand why. And the children of Noah, uh, if you see a speed limit sign in some podunk town and it's 15 miles per hour, you better follow the speed limit because mm. you do not want to be arrested in this small town in this story. You also want to follow the law always. Yes. <laughs> if you listen to this, it's almost like the, the plot to that Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase movie, Nothing to Lose, or, or it's some, it's where they, anyway, 
Don't don't look up that movie because it's horrible. But look up this story, <laughs> The Children of Noah. It will creep you out. So that's my Halloween uh, short stories. Short so story if you're trying mixtape. to if you're trying to engage your intellect, short stories are a nice thing to listen to in the car. But if you're like the rest of us, Jeff, you just listen to music in the car. And so to get you ready for Halloween, I've put together a mixtape or a mix CD, as my generation normally yes. goes in that direction of. Halloween-ish kind of songs that you might have at a Halloween party or that have something to do with the characters that you see in Halloween. Now, a CD, as I've always made them, gets you a little over an hour. Okay. And as I've organized it, 13 songs fit in that very fitting, very very Halloweeny number. And so here's here's a sample of what I have. We came in with Takata in Demol. Which I should I have asked one of our in... classical eighty nine folks. It's one how of my to favorite Mexican say. dishes, actually. <laughs> it's it's a horrorish sounding track, but did you know the version that I played just now came from Mannheim Steamroller? Oh. Known more for their Christmas tapes, they do right. have two different Halloween CDs. <gasps> That's awesome. That you can look up, and that was an example of a track from one of them. Okay. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, they are very known for their Christmas. They have a Transylvanian <gasps> Orchestra fitting, very CD fitting. that they've come out with as well. So if that's your style Christmas-wise, you have a niche in Halloween as well. I love it. Okay. So the next song, though, is something that you might recognize if you listen to modern music. Oh, yeah. This was sampled in a song called Uma Thurman that's modern, but I recognized it immediately as the theme from The Munsters. Absolutely. Adam's family gets a lot of credit for their theme song, but I loved The Munsters growing up. And from here on out, the theme of the CD will go um, by the monsters that it's going to talk about. So we've got witches and pumpkins and werewolves and whatnot, but The Munsters had it all. And I think that's a great place to start the CD. All right. So the next song, as I mentioned, is going to feature... A werewolf, which was the kid in the mm. monsters, and really it could only be one. Oh yeah. And that's all you need to hear. The ow shows up part. in a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> the color of money. Yes. And so werewolves are the first monster that we will delve into on this. I'm CD. digging this mixed CD so far, Cole. Okay. So next, we'll have a little 90s for you with the king of music, in my opinion, in the 90s, a guy by the name of the Fresh Prince. Oh, my goodness. When my brothers were forced to have me tag along to their friend's house, they would play this on their stereo so that I would get scared and run home. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh. The monster being featured here is Freddy Krueger. Um... He wears a sweater and hat, even if it's hot outside, and and he has knives for hands. And Will Smith goes through this rap about the the horror it's of spooky stuff. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Spooky stuff. But it's a nightmare on my street. That's right. Okay. Next, fitting into the theme now, as we get into the monsters that look more like humans, I had to have at least one soundtrack proper. And really, there's only one man in the history of horror movie soundtracks that is at the top. And it's John Carpenter, who wrote his own music for his directed movies. And this is from Halloween. Ugh. Oof. 
I mean, he was pulling double and triple and quadruple duty for that movie. Mm-hmm. He did pretty much everything. And when he did They Live and and uh, The Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York, he Same very thing. often wrote his own He's music. like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood does his music, too. And he stars in them. Yeah. So in Halloween, this is actually the version that will be featured in the new movie coming out later this month. We can't recommend the movie in good conscience, <laughs> but if you're looking for music to set the mood... John Carpenter does it amazing. Okay. So now that was kind of creepy, right? Yeah. We need to lighten the mood. Yes. Don't you be afraid of With him nice old music. You. He's a great big coward, so I'll tell you what to do. I've never heard hush, this one. Hush, hush. <gasps> Here comes the boogeyman. Don't let him come too close to This you. is the boogeyman. See, I'm still scared, though. As they sometimes <laughs> referred to Michael Myers in Halloween, the boogeyman, this is an older song from... The old timey radio days called Hush Hush Hush. Here See, comes the boogeyman. This hasn't lightened the mood, Cole. I'm still creeped out. Okay, well, I do have something much lighter then. Okay. Coming from the man that gave us It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Charles M. Schultz mm. actually wrote what are called pumpkin carols. So pumpkin carols. many people, you know, I mentioned Mannheim Steamroller earlier. earlier. Um, Christmas gets a lot of credit when it comes to holiday music, but Halloween has some too. So they were spoofs of Christmas carols, like I'm Dreaming of the Great Pumpkin or Oh Pumpkin Cards or I Heard the Bells on Halloween. Couldn't you just hear Bing Crosby singing that I'm Dreaming of the Great Pumpkin? I think so. Next, I've got a couple ghost songs for you. There's okay. a modern folky-sounding music called Dearly Departed. And then if we're talking ghosts, I do have to play a little bit of... I was waiting for this call. <laughs> Ghostbusters. This is like by the first Parker song Jr. that you think of when you think of Halloween music. I tried to dig a little deeper. There's some obvious Halloween party songs, but this one I couldn't deny and had to include. Okay. Next, we go to... A witch. I could have picked witchy woman or evil woman, but I went with the black magic. I would have given you more credit had you played ELO and played evil Evil woman. Woman. They're all pretty good. This is actually a Fleetwood Mac cover of Santana's Black Magic Woman, which is pretty good. Next, I have two themed songs from horror musicals that have been on stage that I think go well together. Somewhere Uh That's Green and By the Sea (gasps) are very much the same song that come from Little Shop and from Sweeney Todd. The stage adaptations are very good, even if the movies can sometimes be a little bit too inappropriate for kids. Go to the theater this Halloween and get your fix Mm, there. And then finally, as we go out to break, the last song that I'll play for you has to be included... And it is Michael Jackson's Halloween anthem. Well, thanks, Cole. This has given me lots of ideas, and I think I'm going to make my own mixed CD of some of these songs. And when we return, we're going to give you our idea for our panning for good segment when we return. This is Screen Cleaning. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood. There's good in them dire hills. Cole, we've been talking anthologies and mixtapes this whole show, so it's very fitting that our pick for Panning for Good also involves an anthology, and I can't tell you how excited I was to find this last night on Netflix. It's it's been on uh, in Great Britain. You you can have you. It's been available since 2017. Okay. 
And uh, the reason I'm stumbling over my words is because I'm so excited and we're out of time. But it is called Creeped Out. Now, if you're somebody out there who likes Black Mirror or would like to watch Black Mirror but realize that it has incredibly inappropriate content Mm -hmm. on it, check out Creeped Out. This is a Y7 rated TV series on Netflix, 13 episodes. They're each about 25 minutes long. Some of them deal with technology. Some of them deal with like urban legends. It is a little creepy. I don't know if I can show it to my six-year-old yet, but I loved it. I only saw three episodes of it, and I'm certainly going to go back and finish it off. Again, it's Y7 rated on Netflix, and it's called Creeped Out. And that's what we do each and every week on Screen Cleaning. We do our darndest to shine a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment and help you find that extra little gold nugget of goodness. And we'll be back next week as we continue on a month of Halloween here on Screen Cleaning. 